Broadcasting from another dimension. Deep. Deep. Deeper. Deep within the Ghost Shrimp National Forest. In a log cabin built by the Secret Society of Ghost Scouts. This is the Ghost Shrimp and Friends Podcast, guys. Episode 3. You know what I'm saying? And we are sending you secrets from the future directly into your mind. Time, 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 time. Oh, yeah. Very exciting, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Big shout out to everybody who has uh, listened to the first two podcasts, you know what I'm saying, um, and uh, and shared the podcast. Guys, tell a friend to tell a friend about this podcast, okay? Let's spread these positive, productive vibes to everyone who is hungry to live a life that is very passionate and personal and filled with dreams and goals and all kinds of good juicy spooky crispy shit you know what i'm saying that's musties i'm out here doing my thing guys i'm out here living my always trying to put together the best version of my dream life you know what i'm saying drawing living in the woods hanging with my kids and my wife riding bikes you know what i'm saying all my favorite shit smoking weed you know i love to get down on that weed you know i love to smoke a smoke and uh you know what i'm saying so i want to inspire and encourage everyone out there to truly 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 push to live your best life because it's out there you know what i'm saying your destiny is like your dna right there's a certain amount of pre-programming that is involved, you know what I'm saying, but it is not predetermined. It matters the things that you do every day, the your habits, okay? The things you do habitually, your routines, you know what I'm saying, that the schedules that you have, hopefully you've set them for yourselves and not have them set for you. You know what I'm saying, but those are truly kind of the things that make up the direction that you're headed in your life. So make sure that those are all pointed towards your goals, guys and girls and everyone out there. You know what I'm saying? Because that's how you get it done. It's not going to happen by chance. It's not going to happen by accident. You know what I'm saying? You might stumble into an opportunity here or there, but to truly have a life that gets better every year and is full of all your favorite things, it takes some deliberate action. It takes setting goals on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis. You know I'm all about that five-year plan. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Dignan out there in the bottle rocket world inspiring me to make a plan. He had a 10-year plan and a 25-year plan, and I said, shit, I better make a five-year plan. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Dignan. Pulling you behind the curtain, guys. Pulling you behind the foreskin. That's how it works here on the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast. So, guys, where do we leave off last time? I was just about to head to Acadia with my lovely bandit family for my birthday camping trip, okay? We spent five beautiful nights in Acadia National Park, which is in uh, it's on Mount Desert Island in Maine. 
and it is just mountains and cliffs uh, along the main coast, and it's so fucking beautiful. It takes a little bit to get up there. It took us a real long time to get up there. We got out a little bit late in the morning. We got at 10 a.m., and uh, when you got kiddos, that that's a little late. We got Wolfie's six now, and Junie's about one and two-thirds or something like that. And uh, whew, it was a long and challenging car ride. Let me tell you, we definitely had to pull over. Definitely had to do a lot of talking. And uh, whew, man, testing that a 10-hour a, a trip. Is that's going to test your patience as a parent. Let me tell you that. You know what I'm saying? But we got there. We got there at dark. We got our camp set up. Um, took us a day to kind of get our bearings in the park because it's a, it's pretty big and you have to dip and out, dip in and out of the park to get to different parts of the park. So um, it's, uh, I would say, not quite as straightforward as some of the other national parks we've been in. But it is truly, truly beautiful. It's the only national park in the Northeast. Um, we got a shit ton of state parks up here, which in a way, you know, now, now that I've been to Acadia, I will say, you know, it's such a, it's such a beautiful place. But the advantage of having a lot of smaller state parks is that they're much less crowded. Um, you know, we, we pop in and out of the state parks in Vermont here all the time. And uh, Acadia was fucking packed, man. It's like there's traffic in there, um, you know, and uh, there's just so many people from all over the world checking that place out because it's so dope. So it was super fun. Um, we got to uh, we got to hike around the top of Cadillac Mountain. We didn't get to do a lot of long hikes because, uh, you know, because of the youngins. But uh, we drove up to the top of Cadillac Mountain and hiked hiked on some trails up there. Super beautiful. That's like the that's the that's the place where the first rays of the sun touch the eastern seaboard up in the northeast uh, because it's the it's a mountain that's right on the ocean. So you get some spectacular views from there. Um, it was there was a little bit cloudy when we were up there, but you can still get a great view and just get a lay of the land. And it's just you know fucking glorious, man. I always think when I'm when I'm hiking these mountains and looking out you know how beautiful the world must have been before it was you know all developed um, we're really lucky to live in an area a part of the world where there is very little development um, up here in the northeast kingdom of Vermont um, there's definitely you know there's there's people that live here but there's much more forest than anything else and uh, that's just the way I like it so Again, uh, you know, in Acadia, super, super fucking beautiful and, uh, you know, pretty undeveloped up there. There's a lot of woods. You get up there, you look around. It's totally beautiful. Got to go hiking on some cliffs at the ocean. Um, got to uh, throw the inflatable raft into some lakes there, into Echo Lake and Jordan Pond and, and row around and do some fishing. Um and uh, ride bikes around the carriage roads. We got to jump on there for a minute. There's so much to do in Acadia. I feel like we just barely scratched the surface. I feel like you got to go for at least a week. It's some. It's a place you could definitely spend a couple weeks at. And uh, we're definitely going to make a tradition out of getting over there. Had some glorious lobster. Uh, had a delicious fisherman's basket with scallops and clams and shrimp and fish and my god the freshest seafood you've ever had in your life there's nothing better than getting fresh main seafood when you're 
like on a wharf looking over the water. It's truly delicious, guys. You know what I'm saying? Got a juicy old cup of coffee going. Um, so that was really fun. Um, one of the highlights was that I got stung on the tongue by a bee. I had a beer out on the on the picnic table, and somehow a bee got in there. I took a sip and I felt it in my mouth. I immediately knew what it was because I had seen the bees and thought about it. And this actually happened to my dad. This was a story that my dad would tell when we were young that he almost got, you know, got a bee in his mouth one time from a soda or something like that. And uh, that all whizzed through my mind and I went to spit it out. And as soon as I spit it out, um, it stung my tongue. And uh, whew, that that was spicy. It felt like I got a paper cut on my tongue with Tabasco in it. That's basically what it felt like. Um, so that was uh, that was memorable. That was memorable. It made my whole. It made all my teeth numb on the on the right side where I got tongue. It made my tongue swell up a little bit. And it made me kind of super salivate. I was like spitting and spitting and spitting. I spit anyway, but this was like just this, just my 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 saliva glands were going insane. Um, lots of saliva. I was kind of slurring my words. Basically, sounded like I was wasted. Um, and uh, and yeah, made my it made it, it was almost like I got a funny kind of not a shot of novocaine, but it was like a kind of a tingly, achy, numb, numbing sensation along the right side of my gums, top and bottom. So that was pretty interesting. Stung by a bee on the tongue, guys. That is a story from camping. You know what I'm saying? If if you haven't been camping and you haven't been out hiking, man, I grew up doing those things. I feel like if you grow up doing them, you have a, you have a built-in love for them. And I've noticed a lot of people that kind of didn't grow up with that. They they don't. They're not that enthusiastic about it, um, you know. And uh, man, I have to tell you that, you know, just like we say, we are creative animals living in an infinite universe. And if you spend your life penned into and contained within the human created environments in this world you are truly missing out there are some definitely really glorious things that humans have created but nothing is more magical spooky mind-bending you know what i'm saying inspiring um you know than the natural world you have to get out there and connect with this planet that we live on guys if you don't you're you're just not going to, you're, you're going to be missing a big part of the puzzle. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's so much more to this world than human beings. You know what I'm saying? There has been for a long time and there will be long after. And uh, shit, man, you know, there's nothing better than getting out and seeing the majesty of the natural world. It is truly fucking glorious. So get out there and do it. All right, so this podcast is going to cover some questions that the listeners have sent in. This is great, guys. The Go Shrimp and Friends podcast is all about me connecting with you. You are my friends, okay? If you're listening to this podcast, 
we're friends. You are the friends in the Go Shrimp and Friends podcast, okay? So let's see what we got. Let's open it rolled up. Let's open the mailbag, all right? Let's open up this juicy old mailbag. All right, one of my some of my favorite questions here. I'm going to try to answer these quickly. I did I did I did a couple run-throughs of this last night and I ended up doing some really long rambling answers. So let's see if we can keep them a little shorter. All right. These are this is one of my favorites. So, you know, obviously I got a lot of questions. I can't answer them all. Um, and a lot of them are kind of cover the same territory as well. So if you don't hear your question, it might be that somebody else answered that question or that there was just some more interesting questions that got asked. I'm always gonna just go towards the kind of the ones that the ones that seem like they are gonna have the juiciest answers, the ones that strike me as a little different, a little funny. So Ari Matty Polipo tells me that he is listening right now to the Go Shrimp and Friends podcast. This was the first one, okay? He said, I'm listening to the podcast right now while drunk in the Czech mountains. I love it already. Ari Matty Polipo, drunk in the Czech mountains, listening to an episode of the Go Shrimp and Friends podcast. That is how magical the future is, guys. We live in the fucking future, and this is proof, okay? And listen to this. You're not even believe what he says next. He's eating a really nice piece of watermelon. Who even knew they had watermelon in the Czech mountains, okay? All right, so we're painting a picture here. Ari Matty Polipo is drunk in the Czech mountains, and he's eating a really nice piece of watermelon. And I'm guessing that that old piece of watermelon was real juicy. I can see those juices dripping down Ari Matty Polipo's face as he's listening to this podcast. You know what I'm saying? He says, just keep doing what you're doing. Well, I'm doing that, Ari Matty Polipo. I will continue to do it. Or wait, is it, maybe it's, Peepo, Ari Matty Peepo. It's P I I P P O. All right, some of these names I'm gonna botch, guys. Ari Matty Peepo. I kind of like Pilipo though. You might want to think about it. I changed my last name to Bandit, um, so mm, might want to change that last name to Pilipo. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you, Ari Matty Peepo. Peepo Peepo. All right. So he says uh, the picks from training camp made him a little envious Mm, sounds like someone might want to apply to go scout training camp next year all right so he says for some dripping juicy questions with your good old pipe he wrote me some questions he says who are your favorite classical artists okay this is a good good this is a question that a lot of people ask who are influences who are artists that i dig you know what i'm saying um you know, well, he says classic. The so the the people I think if I was gonna rattle off the people that have kind of had an impact on me, um, uh, as far as artists go, I would say that you know M.C. Escher definitely um, was kind of the first artist that I feel like I I looked at his work. And he just created such a, he had such a striking visual style that was his own and unique. And then the content was so, you know, creative and imaginative and mind bending and metaphysical and, you know, whatever you want to say. 
otherworldly. He created this real world that he rips you into. And, um, you know, that definitely had a huge impact on me and made me think like I could literally feel the energy that this guy put into his work. Um, so, you know, I, I could feel it transferring to me in the, in, in, in a real way. Like you're, like you're holding a hot frying pan full of freaking eggs that are just cooking and cooking up. And I was eating though, I was putting salt and pepper on those eggs. I was putting Tabasco on those eggs and I was eating those eggs. I was throwing some home fries in there, throwing some bacon in there. And I was eating those eggs up, you know what I'm saying? All day. So, uh, MC Escher, definitely a huge influence on me. I often cite him as my favorite artist, um, you know, Salvador Dali as well, um, for the fact that he made it super personal. Um, his work was ultra, ultra, ultra personal about his dreams and his phobias and his relationships. And, um, you know, and then the surrealist aspect of it, the strangeness of it. Um, and, uh, and, and then especially as he got more and more technical later on and, and some of those paintings are just so technically accomplished and beautiful and, 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 but then they're also totally warped and melting and, you know, um, just again, took you to this place, took you into his world. And also he, the, one of the things that he influenced me in most was that he ha, he was a character. You know what I'm saying? He was manifesting this character of who he was, um, almost like, you know, another, you know, this is a sports figure, but Muhammad Ali, where, where you can tell that a huge part of his momentum and his success is, is, is his own character that he's, 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 kind of playing the character but he is also just becoming the character while he's playing it so it's it's on a whole nother level you know what i'm saying you can tell this is just this is who they are but they're really getting into it they're really enhancing it they're going all the way and um you know to to the idea that your life is a story and you are the main character and what sort of character that you want to be you know that that it's it, it comes into that territory for me where there are they're just like like loving it and just running with the character that they want to be and um that had a big influence on me so um you know i would say definitely salvador dali and uh muhammad ali in that same respect um, cool Keith in that same way where he's just such a freaking character and everything out of his mouth and also in his music, um, you know, is just so unique and so creative and so strange. You know, when you, when you, I, you know, my, my, com my, my favorite combination of elements in artistry is, is creativity and, you know, creativity and imagination, I feel like are melded into kind of one thing there. And then, to add in the strangeness of it, to add in this, 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 you know, unique strangeness that no one else is bringing to the table in that genre or in that way, you know what I'm saying? Dr. Octagon, if you have not heard this album um, from Cool Keith, you know, um, all his shit, but, you know, Dr. Octagon is uh, just a freaking paramount achievement in hip hop and so strange and so out there, you know what I'm saying? It just makes you realize that life can be anything. Those are the things that just told me, their art told me that it's up to me 
to make my life into anything that I want it to be. You know what I'm saying? It's secret messages encoded in their artwork and in their personalities that just showed me that I can be whoever the fuck I want to be. I don't have to be the person that is being taught to be something in school. I don't have to be anything but what I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Um, You know, and it's truly about, it's not even about, you know, where I'm at at the time and what I'm capable of doing at the time. It's about what can I imagine and what can I set out towards? It's a quest. It's a journey. It's that idea that, you know, your destiny is this, is this long quest and, you know, to, to create the best life for you, can it uh, just create the best and, and most fun life that you can create in the moment for yourself, but also that you're on this giant quest and try stuff out. You know what I'm saying? Let stuff super influence you. Get wacky with it. Put yourself into extreme circumstances. You know what I'm saying? You have to take those leaps of faith. You know what I'm saying? If you're standing on the edge of the cliff and you're feeling called to leap and you don't do it and you walk away, you're missing a great opportunity to, you know, truly uncover another great facet of who you can be and who you can become. And when you don't do that, you're missing out on a whole chain of events. It's like a choose your own adventure. You know, if you don't if you don't pick that first page, you're not going to be able, you're not going to have access to all the rest of the pages after that and all the rest of the twists and turns that come after that. You know, a lot of people think that you know, oh, I have this, I have, I have this vision, I have this dream of what I want to be. But you know, first, I'm going to do all this super practical stuff first. And then when I'm totally ready to live my dream, I'm going to go in there and do it. No, that's not how it works. First of all, you're going to forget why you wanted to do that dream in the first place, you're going to forget who you were, you know, what I'm saying by the time you get there, and then, you know, by the time you get there, you will, so many of those things will have passed you by, you know what I'm saying? It's not just about, it's not just about you being you and living in this dream as two separate things. They're completely connected. In order to become the person that you want to become, you have to dive into your dream right now. That is how you're going to do it. It's If it's not scary, then it's not real. It has to be scary. It should be scary. A leap of faith takes faith because you might completely fail. You know what I'm saying? But failure and failure is super overrated. You know what I'm saying? Like failure is no big thing. You know what I'm saying? If you talk to any successful person, successes and failures are the same thing. It's it's information that you need along your path. When you fail, it gives you information of what not to do and what to do. Okay, when you succeed, it gives you information about what to do and what not to do. You know what I'm saying? You have to fail to succeed. They are they are two sides of the same coin. You're never going to have success without failure and you're never going to have failure without success. You need success to fail and you need failure to succeed. So get in there, do not be scared of it. Mix it up, you know what I'm saying? Get in there. All right, so let's see. What are my other favorite artists? Uh, so I would say Wu-Tang Clan. Um, when Wu-Tang hit, that shit fucking just blew me away. And again, it's that thing of coming with a flavor that you've never even heard before with all that, with all the kung fu and martial arts sampling. It gave you a flavor of hip-hop you had never tasted. And also there was this whole, they all had their own persona. You know what I'm saying? Method Man, the RZA, you know what I'm saying? Ghostface Killer, they, uh, Old Dirty Bastard. They all had such individual, unique personalities, you know, and characters 
that made it so cool. Um, you know, Lord Quaz along those lines, Madlib, aka Lord Quaz, huge influence on me. Um, again, a straight up persona that he dips in and out of, much like uh, you know, MF Doom, although MF Doom doesn't really break character. You know, he started out um, you know, not being MF Doom back in the KMD days, and then uh, you know, being Zeph Love, and then, you know, and then goes through some tragedy tragedy in his life, loses his brother, again, defined by by challenges, defined by failures. You know what I'm saying? If you want to think of it that way. Um you know what I'm saying I'm I'm definitely defined by the by the giant failures that I've had in my life the things that have challenged me the most are the things that I've stepped up and grown through the most you know what I'm saying so yeah lord quaz definitely a huge influence on me just the funk he brings and the and the humor and the and the and the the the, just the weed smoking. I love weed smoking. I love smoking that weed. So, you know, I, I love listening to music where dudes just talking about smoking weed. It sounds pretty simplistic, but, you know, I'm just going to go there. And, and you know, not to mention, not to mention he's one of the greatest hip-hop producers that's out there. And then um, I would say David Lynch. Um, Again, just for his most, you know, the average person won't, you know, will watch a David Lynch movie and not even understand it because David Lynch's artwork is presented in the form of a dream. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not a, it, most of them, you know, aside from maybe Blue Velvet is not a truly linear narrative. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people watch it and, and get completely turned around and completely lost because they're trying to understand the story in a linear framework. And he's broken out of that. He's telling emotional, he's telling stories with emotional continuity. And it's a different kind of it's a it, he totally redefined the storytelling format in his own way, and it's super personal and super vulnerable and and super dark and spooky, um, and 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 just you know his his work always for me just rings all kinds of bells on the subconscious level, bells and whistles, and I fucking love it. Um, you know, super twisting, um, super violent, um, super raw, super real. I fucking love it. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, those, those are some of my influences. And also, honestly, the people that influence me the most are, uh, just my friends, like the, the people that, the, you know, the, the, that, you know, that's one of the big things I love about the Ghost Scouts the most is that I have this growing group of super good friends, um, that, that, that are dedicated to, you know, really pushing their, their career and really making something of themselves and just putting in work and and watching their their strides their leaps and bounds their styles you know get get further and further along and developed um you know that to me the to me the most inspiring thing is when you know someone and you have a relationship with someone and you talk to them on the regs um, and then, uh, you know, you watch them get better and then that inspires you and then you're getting better. And then that inspires them, you know, a truly give a truly, you know, being involved in the inspirational cycle with people is the most inspiring thing. You know, it's, it's great to be inspired by people that you never met. Obviously that's going to happen, but to have, I, I can't stress enough how important it is to have a group of people in your life, whether it's, whether it's online, whether it's, you know, hopefully you, you can get together with them on a regular basis and uh 
and 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 have those intimate you know intimate moments where you're you know just chopping it up and 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 having unexpected interactions and and all that stuff and making inside jokes and just having funny experiences together getting embarrassed together all that good shit you know what i'm saying you know having those vulnerable moments together having the unexpected things happen that stuff is priceless and uh so that's the, that you know having friends that are visual artists that are killing it is the shit that inspires me the most truly you know what i'm saying so shout out to all the ghost scouts pushing their craft out there you guys keep me fired up you know what i'm saying all right uh Ari Matty Pipo also asks, uh, this dude had, this dude, you know, came with such a strong, uh, flavor. I'm going to go through all his questions here. What's your favorite game and why do you play games, uh, any given platform or style? So I'm assuming he's talking about video games, which haven't really played many video games. Um, I own a, uh, I own a Nintendo, um, uh, entertainment system an nes and i own a sega genesis um uh i kind of stopped playing video games at n64 um the last game i truly played was uh was the legends of zelda ocarina of time um for n64 um, when i was in high school Um, after that i just got super serious about drawing and i pretty much stopped following sports like i'm an avid sports fan and now i'm back into sports um once you know you know after 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 i got my career firmly established after i was up up there working at cartoon network i started to really get back into sports again um but i'm a you know grew up being a super avid sports fan and and playing video games but really kind of chopped those things off because i i i had just an intuition that if i was going to make it as a visual artist i needed to especially because i had such a hard time just even keeping up with like high school you know like i said i'm absolute total fuck up um i i i fail miserably at everything i do when i try to fit into mainstream reality i truly had to go outside of that and create my own reality um to to make my life work um you know so so uh i really cut i, I really had an intuition that i was going to have to completely focus on all my attention on drawing and developing my brand as ghost shrimp and as a visual artist if i was going to make my shit work um to the point where you know a couple years out of school um you know i i found myself you know stepping up to this crazy challenge uh you know this crazy challenge my destiny placed in front of me to go live deep in the woods alone and you know build a cabin that i had no idea how to build and and live there and 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 do something that i had never done before um, because i knew that that was going to completely focus me on drawing and remove all distractions and it 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 really worked um so follow those intuitions like i said when you're standing on that cliff and you know that the next version of yourself is the version that is that is left off that cliff fucking do it because Listen, I'm much more scared of it not the not the fear of missing out. I think that's a I don't know. I hate the cliche terms or whatever. So, you know, but but you know, it's it's your life is going to be much harder if you if you never realize your potential. You know what I'm saying? If you're sitting there playing it safe, you know, better to try to pursue every dream you have and fail at nine out of 10 of them 
than to, you know, succeed every time at living a very mundane, boring life that, you know, you're not super passionate and not connected with. That shit is weak. That shit is whack. You know, saying you need to pursue your passions in life. That's how you become the person that you need to become. You're going to go crazy no matter how safe it seems, no matter how reasonable. If your life seems very reasonable and 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 very um very safe, um, you know what I'm saying, you know, and, and very stable, um, you know, of course you want it. You don't want to strive for instability or anything like that. You want to, you want to try to make your life as stable as possible, but, but don't be afraid to, you know, you need to, you know, like I said before, I'm just repeating myself now, but if you're not afraid of your destiny, then you're then you're not thinking big enough. You it should be fucking scary as hell. I've I've been scared every major leap that I've taken. When I went in to live in that cabin, when I went out to Cartoon Network, of course at the same time I was super fired up. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying oh, I'm gonna go kill this shit at Cartoon Network, but there's this big unknown. You know, I've had to borrow three thousand dollars from my grandfather to even you know like you know rent a car and and move my stuff over to the West coast, you know, over to live in LA and to get my feet on the ground there, put down a deposit, you know, so I was putting a lot on the line and then, you know, uh, you know, I faced a lot of adversity right when I got there, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, you're going to have trials and tribulations. If you're going on an epic quest, what, what, what movie about a great epic quest about a great hero have you ever watched that didn't have epic, roadblocks, epic perils that had to be overcome. Trust me, you want to be that character. You don't want to sit on the sidelines. You don't want to be the sidekick in your own life. You know, you don't want to be a spectator in your own story. That's not going to fulfill you. You know what I'm saying? I love the, I do love the saying that, you know, that, that people regret, people don't regret the things that they did. People regret the things that they didn't do. And I think that's true. You know, I have very few things that I've done that I regretted. Um, you know, I very, very few. And the things that I have done, um, you know, the things that I, you know, the things that you haven't done are the things that you will regret. And luckily I have done pretty much every major thing that I've been called to do because that's just my personality. That was a decision that I made you know what I'm saying? I'm a very impulsive person and I'm just going to go after whatever the, whatever is calling me. I've always, I've always listened to my intuition and I've always gone after it. Okay. And that's why I'm psyched up. That's why I'm happy every day. Um, all right, let's see what's next. He says, what is your favorite? Yeah. So yeah, Nintendo, Sega, um, but I, yeah, I grew up playing Nintendo. I didn't have a game system growing up, really. We had like a black and white TV and an Atari, I think. And then, um, and then I would go over to my 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 buddy Seth Hersey's house and and sit on the floor with him and play Nintendo. You know, that was always super fun. That's what I remember the most um, about playing video games growing up. And then he asks, "Oh, this is the last one, and this is a big one." Ari Matty Pipo asks, how do you cure a broken heart? Well, uh, drinking, getting drunk in the Czech mountains and eating watermelon and listening to this podcast is a great fucking start. I'll tell you that. You're on the right track. Um, 
I mean, relationships are obviously a huge topic. You know, there can be multiple. I'm sure there will be multiple podcasts about relationships. I've had some very interesting relationships in my life. Um, I still don't really know what makes relationships work. There's so many intangibles. You know, you're really trying to make, you're truly trying to meld your reality with somebody else's super, super tough, super difficult. I think there's always new challenges. You know, I mean, my, my parents have a, have a happy marriage and I still see them argue about some of the same things that I've seen them argue about my entire life. So, you know, it, it's a it's a process and, and it requires both people wanting to grow together. So what happens when it falls apart? How do you cure a broken heart? Um, I mean, I think you just got to dig into the shit that you love. You know what I'm saying? The things that, that, that you know, you got to remake who you are after you've, after you've been destroyed, after you've been smashed on the rocks of, you know, of love lost and broken into pieces. Um, you know, you have to, uh, you have to rebuild, you have to reinforce who you are, you know, go watch your favorite movies, read your favorite books, you know, saying have long conversations with your best friends, you know, whenever I have that shit, I'm always on the phone. Whenever I have problems like that, I'm, I'm on the phone with my best friends with the people that know me the best. And, and just pouring my heart out to them, uh, talking to them about shit, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, uh, the, I, I've definitely had my heart broken. My, my first relationship, um, my girlfriend, you know, in, in, in high school cheated on me. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was, a you know, it was, a it was, a it was, it was a very, you know, high school relationship. You know, I don't, I don't even think we had been together a year, but I went away on vacation you know what I'm saying? And uh, I came back and, and we got together and she said she had cheated on me with this dude that she worked with. This I think he was like a college guy or maybe a little older and, and he looked like a bloated Kevin Bacon. And, um, you know, I went down there and, and I and I tried to fight the guy and I probably would have got my ass beat because I was, you know, you know, I'm like, at that point, I'm six foot one, probably about 150 pounds, just about as skinny as you could be. And um, maybe even 140 pounds, who knows? I was real fucking skinny growing up. I filled out now. Now I'm at 185. But back then, I was a I was a skinny kid, but I was so enraged. I was so mad. I went in there and I was like, I found him. And I was like, yo, after work, you and me have to talk outside. And it was pretty clear what we were going to talk about. And, um, and, uh, he, 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 he said he was going to, and then he just jetted, you know what I'm saying? And that was it. And, you know, I didn't pursue it any further cause I came to my senses. Obviously it's not that fucking guy's fault that, uh, that my girlfriend had slept with him, but I was very heartbroken. Um, you know, and, uh, and, but, but in, in a way it was good because, you know, it, it, it showed me how much it hurts to be cheated on. And I had a lot of relationships after that. I was always super faithful to the person that I was with, always take my relationship super seriously. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and I was a young kid. And actually, right after that, that was right before I broke every bone in both my feet. So not only did I have my heart broken, I turned around and uh, about a month later, I had every bone in my feet broken, my ankle broken in three places, my wrist broken. Um, so I was extremely broken. That was a very low point in my life. That was the that was the culmination of years of depression, um, of years of of being on a mission to destroy the world because I did not 
see any place for me in it. I, I felt totally rejected by the world. So I was just out to destroy it. And uh, it culminated, you know, often when you are on a mission, a negative mission of destruction, which, you know, I mean, hey, if you look up and you look on the internet right now, you see a lot of people out there who are on a mission for destruction. And it's very sad. And it never ends well, it never ends well for anybody involved, you know, what I'm saying and 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 life, life has a way of, of slamming you down, so to speak. And I was slammed down super hard, you know, what I'm saying bones sticking out of my feet. That's a that's a long story that we can get into um, on another pod. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, I had to completely rebuild myself and, you know, it, it's those, I think those moments, sometimes you can have the opportunity to have the greatest amount of insight into your life, into your soul, into who you are and who you want to become when you're completely broken. And, um, you know, whether it's a broken heart or a broken body, um, you know, it, it gives you a chance to really say, who am I, who do I want to be and, and, and go to all the things that do make you who you are, you know, all the things that, that you've collected that inspire you and all your, all your greatest friendships, you know, and, uh, you know, all the greatest art that makes you want to aspire to great heights. And, um, you know, I think that you just dig in and, and, and for me, you know, uh, it's always, you know, digging into drawing, digging into work, digging into the stuff that, that, you know, is gonna, um, just continue on your path. You know, I mean, a broken heart is, uh, you know, it's an unfortunate pitfall on, on this, on this great path. I mean, every setback you have, you know, is just, uh, something you have to work around to keep moving forward in your life. You want to get up and you want to just keep moving forward. You want to do you want to lift your head up and you want to say, what's the next step to get me further along my path of being a happy person, of being a productive person, you know what I'm saying, of being a very passionate person who is who is manifesting their own destiny and is is inspiring other people to do the same. You know what I'm saying? I think every step along the way, you want to really try to do that. You want to you want to continue to grow the group of people around you that are that are that are also into being healthy and happy and productive. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, sometimes misery loves company. There's that saying. Um, I think all bad things love company, um, you know, and uh, and I think it's you want to avoid that. You, de- I think the main thing you want to avoid when you have a broken heart is, is getting into another relationship that is going to be negative quickly, you know, falling in. I think one of the greatest things about breakups is that it teaches you it's going to give you information about what's going to not work for you in a future relationship. So you want to avoid that. You know, you want to know, okay, this is not going to work. You know what I'm saying? I went out with a girl for a while that that I discovered, you know, we were living together and I discovered that she was a complete pathological liar. Um, I, I, uh, you know, I, I dated a girl and found out that she was a full-blown alcoholic, um, you know, and I've, I've dated some really great girls as well. Not to say that those girls weren't great, you know what I'm saying, but some people, they're they're fighting their demons, you know what I'm saying, and 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 you know some people have the idea that you can help them out, and you know I definitely went through a period with in in the in those challenging relationships where you know you're kind of trying to work through it with the people, but you realize very quickly that if you're around people who are self-destructive, and they're not motivated 
to change it for themselves they're not ready yet then you just got to get the fuck out of there because they're going to drag you down with them you know what i'm saying they're gonna they're gonna resent you they're gonna lash out at you so um you know in my breakups um you know whether i like it or not i tend to kind of lose contact with the people that i've been with in the past um for better or worse you know there's a part of me that wishes i could have relationships still friendships with the people that i've that i've gone out with in the past but Truly, I tend to kind of cut ties. That seems to somehow make sense going forward. So, you know, I don't know if any of that is good advice, if any of that makes sense, but we'll uh, we'll go with that. And uh, so there you go. Ari Matty Pipo uh, just got his all his questions answered. His greatest desires met. You know what I'm saying? So uh, maybe the way to cure a broken heart is to is to ask some questions to good old Go Shrimp and get a personalized podcast shot right to you and make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. You know what I'm saying? Also, don't drink too much in those Czech mountains. Let's not be falling off a cliff, Ari Pipo, okay? We're going to have a lot of podcasts to come, so you stick around. You stick around. All right, so um, another great question was, uh, I apologize, I, I, I couldn't find this question when I went looking for it again. So I don't have the name of the person who asked it, but um, the gist of it was that, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I talk a lot about starting out and, and advice for starting out and obviously I have the workshop, you know, geared towards people who are kind of starting out in their careers. Um, but what do, what, what, what advice would I have for older artists who have been trying to, you know, make those breakthroughs and it just hasn't happened yet? Um, I, th- I think I think that advice still all applies. You know, I think you can remove the, 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 um, the, 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 the phrasing of, you know, people starting out or young people or whatever. I think all the fundamentals to to success are always the same. Um, You know, I think that, you know, you need to, you need to make sure that, you know, that you're, it, it starts with the super basic fundamentals. And I repeat this stuff, but I, you know, it, it is truly the stuff that's, that helped me and it's going to help everybody. It's making sure that you have a plan in place. You know what I'm saying? For the week, what are you going to get? What's the, what's the stuff that you can do? You always want to say, what could I do today? What can I do this week? that's going to be have the most impact to get me to where I want to go. You know what I'm saying? And for me, it was always, you know, adding content to the website and putting up another killer illustration, sitting down to try to do the best work I can every time and posting it up and posting on the regs. You know what I'm saying? If you're doing great work and you're posting it up, you know, every week, People are going to take notice. You know what I'm saying? You got to do great work and you got to get great work out there. And um, if that's not working for you, then I think that, you know, you got to push yourself harder. You got to think if, if you're trying something and it's just not working, you got to try a variation of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it, it, another thing is if, if, if you're putting out work and people aren't responding to it, maybe you're, maybe you're not creating work that's unique enough. You know, these, again, this comes back to the fundamentals of, of a business. You know, your the market is obviously super saturated you know what i'm saying the internet is super saturated with people putting their work out there so how do you stand out you know what i'm saying how do you create a product that is unique 
You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't like to think of marketing and branding and all this stuff in art. Well, art is just a business. You know what I'm saying? If you're out there trying to make money at something, it's a business, okay? So if you're talking about making that breakthrough, I'm assuming you're talking about making the breakthrough where you're paying your bills. People are hiring you and you're able to pay your bills from drawing and that's called a business. You know, So whether you like it or not, um, that is a business. And, and this is a common, this is a common thing. You know, there's a lot of artists who have a real hard time for some reason making a living at their artwork, but you know, they feel uncomfortable about it, this and that. But I never understood why people would feel more comfortable getting paid for doing something that they don't care about than getting paid for doing something that they're naturally inclined to do and that they're super passionate about. That makes no sense to me. Like, you know, I mean, sure, you could have some component of it that's free. Um, but you know, and it is free, if you're posting it up, you're sharing your artwork with the world for free, right? I mean, that's free. But you know, to create it, you want to be getting paid, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, sell prints, sell posters, sell t shirts, um, go around, you know, the, the things that were successful for me early on were, were really having fun with my branding, you know, having fun with my persona, creating the ghost shrimp persona and really having fun with that to create some extra value that created extra value to my work. It created a deeper mystery and intrigue about just exactly what was going on, um, in my world. And, um, you know, people love a personal story, whether it's fictional or whether it's true, you know, whether it's made up or whether it's real. People love a story to go along with something. You know what I'm saying? The fact that Salvador Dali was such a character, I mean, you know, that obviously made him way more famous than he ever would have been if he was just painting. You know what I'm saying? It's like, look at Vincent Van Gogh, right? The dude never promoted himself. The dude was a shut-in, cutting off his ear and sending it to women. I mean, he couldn't even have a normal conversation with a woman, for Christ's sake. You know, he was obviously in a very dark place. You know, I mean, you know, shout out to Vincent Van Gogh. But, you know, supposedly he died being relatively unknown because he probably didn't pull pull his shit together to get out there and really push his work. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's a tragedy. There's a lot of very talented artists out there. You know, talent and, and, and craft is not going to get you anywhere if you don't have the ability to get out there and connect with people. And luckily, it's easier than ever to connect with people today. But like we said, with that comes that so many people are doing it that you know, it's super saturated. So you have to work extra hard to make sure that the content you're producing is unique. It's coming from a fresh perspective. It's it's saying something that other people aren't saying. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's, you know, you want, you want your style, you know, everybody's hung up on visual style. Um, your visual style is good, but if your visual style is is super fresh, but your content is the same as everybody else's, again, it's like, I mean, it'll be hot for a minute, but people want to hear a fresh voice. You know what I'm saying? You have to truly figure out what your who what your voice is as, as an artist. And then you have to really dig in and figure out um, you know, how to how to keep that going and how to how many different ways can you get that to people. You know what I'm saying? Um so uh yeah I think those fundamentals are still the same. You know what I'm saying? Creating a unique product, um, you know uh, creating a unique brand for yourself, 
creating that mystery and intrigue with your work that's going to pull people in and keep people captivated and then just hitting them over and over again. You know, you're not going to stay tuned into a show that airs one episode and then doesn't air another episode for six months. You'd be like, well, you can completely forget about it. So you need to, you need to be getting new work out on the regs, you know, saying, pumping it out, making sure that your quality is super high. You know, you need, you need a, you need a regular rhythm of work, getting new work out there. You need to make sure that the quality of it is super high, that you're putting the time in to master your craft, get your technical ability up there. And also that the content is very unique, very personal, very strong. You know what I'm saying? All these things have to come together for you to separate yourself from the pack. You can't have one of the things. You can't have another one of the things. You can't have a couple of things. You got to have all of it in order to truly get out there and sustain a career as a visual artist you know what i'm saying and it comes down to you know being able to do that means dialing in the rest of your life just like i talked about when i was coming out of school you know i i stopped following sports i stopped playing video games i stopped hanging out with my you know just just bullshitting with my friends all the time you know what i'm saying i i knew that this was my destiny and i had to go all in on it a lot of other people were traveling around the world doing all this other shit i didn't go anywhere you know where i went i went to work i sat at my fucking desk and i fucking drew and i put shit up on my website and and that's what's got me here now people are paying me you know what i'm saying getting fat checks getting flown out to Denmark, getting put up. Now I get to travel the world. You know, now I get hired and paid to travel the world and get to go have fun doing it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad that I paid my dues up front. You know what I'm saying? Got them out of the way. I'm still paying dues. If I stop putting up work, trust me, I'm not going to get much work either. So, you know, I still I still am in here every day doing it. I'm super hungry. That's why I love being a freelance artist rather than, uh, you know, a studio artist. Oh, I got to plug in my computer here. Excuse the sound. But as I've said before, I strongly prefer being a freelance artist to a studio artist because I think it keeps me more hungry. It keeps the quality of my work higher. So you got to make smart decisions. You know what I'm saying? Um, you got to know what's going to be best for your career. And and also, you know, I got up at 6 a.m. every day, whether I had a job or not. When I was coming out of school, I got up at 6 a.m. every fucking day, whether I had a job or not. And I sat there and I produced new content. You know what I'm saying? I posted it up. I created fake news stories about the fake world that I was creating, you know, about my, about, about made up the Ghost Scouts. The Ghost Scouts was just an inside joke with me and my friends and I would write fake stories about them and shit, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then that all manifested into this whole reality where now I'm sitting in a log cabin built by the Ghost Scouts and the Ghost Scouts is a real reality. And now I talk about the real wacky shit that we do. People come to camp and they go, I don't know. I didn't know how much of this shit was real. I thought it was made up i started out in my career making up shit and now my whole world is made up and now i just talk about how real my made up world is you know what i'm saying so it's a complete reversal i have been able to create my own reality by you know making sure that i sat there and i did the shit that i needed to do before that i did the shit that i wanted to do that's how you get shit done you know what i'm saying and uh, making sure that your habits and routines are dialed in, getting a good night's sleep. I'd get up at 6 a.m. every day. I would get a cup of coffee going. I'd be drawn by 7 a.m., you know what I'm saying, getting the fat beats pumping. Um, you know, I, I was able to get myself out into the woods and minimize those distractions. That was, a, you know, an intuitive call. I knew that was going to make me more successful than if I was just 
you know, sitting around in apartments with my friends. I knew intuitively and 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 consciously that if I created a life for myself, I didn't want my I didn't want to look around and have my life look like other people's lives around me. Not because I wanted to be better than other people or anything like that, but because again, I wanted to my my I, I knew that if I made my work really strange and really different, that people were gonna dig it and that I was gonna dig it because I'm a very strange person. You know what I'm saying? I'm a strange dude. I'm a weird dude. I'm a wacky dude. I'm a fun loving dude. You know what I'm saying? And I knew that if I could capture that in my work and if I could just I love drawing. If I could just sit there and just put in the work, if I could develop the discipline. In the beginning, I wasn't disciplined enough to sit there and draw for 10 hours at a, at a time, 10 hours a day. I had to build up to that. You know what I'm saying? I had to literally sometimes strap a belt around myself in the chair just to remind my ADHD ass to stay in it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I would be jumping up. I'd get so hyped that my drawing was doing good that I'd jump up and try to, you know, go do something because I was so charged up and I had to learn to keep it calm, get in that Zen state and pour that supercharge back into the page. You know what I'm saying? So I think those fundamentals stay the same. You know what I'm saying? You got to create those habits, those routines the the healthy eating habits, the healthy sleeping habits, you know what I'm saying? You can't be staying up all night, eating a bunch of junk food and then expect to be at your peak when you sit down to do work. If your work's not if your work is not catching people's eyes, as strange as it sounds, maybe you're not getting maybe you're not eating the right food. Maybe you're not drinking enough water. Maybe you're not getting enough exercise. A lot of artists out there will laugh at that. They'll think that's stupid. You know what? That was a huge part of my success. You know, I did not own a car until I was, uh, until I moved here to Vermont, which, you know, which I was what, like, you know, 30 years old or whatever. I rode my bike everywhere. Okay. This isn't some hipster fucking fixed gear bike. I've been riding a mountain bike since I was fucking old enough to ride a bike. You know, saying I get that just base model fucking mountain bike, nothing fancy. I'm not a fancy guy. You know, what I'm saying I have the same old bike. Uh, you know, my my big thing was just getting a bike with front shocks. You know, I I had a bike without shocks forever. Now you can buy a base model Raleigh bike for what three hundred dollars or something, and uh, that bike will last you for mad years. You know, what I'm saying, and uh, I would ride that bike around to stay fit. I would ride everywhere. It's all about those healthy habits and routines. These are the habits that I wanted to create. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to be someone. You go, who do I want to be? I wanted to be the dude who was riding his bike around, fucking smoking weed with headphones on, fucking having fun, riding with no hands, doing all kinds of shit. You know what I'm saying? Having people crack up and 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 wave to me on the on when they're driving by. You know what I'm saying? I'm an entertainer. I love to I love to fucking make people happy. I love to make people laugh. I love to be the dude that's doing something different. I love to wear jumpsuits all the time. I love to wear short shorts all the time. You know what I'm saying? I like to wear fucking realistic animal shirts. You know what I'm saying? I, I always have a ball cap. You know what I'm saying? Um so, you know, it's 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 doing these things. It's it's making sure that you're getting that exercise. For me, that was riding the bike. And then it was the healthy food. And for me, that was buying, you know, instead of buying pizzas and all this shit, I would I would I love soups and stew. Someone else someone else asked me, "What are my what's my favorite food?" Um, let's shout out this one. We're going to let this podcast run a little bit long today, guys, so I can get in some more questions here. 
Um, Jordan Hartrell um, asked, what is your favorite type of food and why? Well, this fits into this kind of monologue rant that I'm on here. Um, you know, I love a good soup. Um, and uh, when I was living up in my cabin, you know, I lived six miles outside of town uh, in, in the woods. And I would ride six miles in and six miles out um, in the, in the wintertime, in the summertime. Um, and I would, uh, pull a baby buggy, you know, one of those little baby buggies behind me. It was two wheels. It's a little baby buggy. And I would do all my shopping. I would shop for my, for the week at the store down the road, um, six miles of riding up and down hills in the snow or in the rain or in the sun. And, um, you know, I would, I would get my grocery bags, toss them in there, you know what I'm saying? Pull that shit back up, pull that shit back up the mountain. I was, I was staying on my first cabin on mystery mountain, you know what I'm saying? So I knew that those habits right there, you know what I'm saying? Riding to the store, buying a bunch of ingredients and making myself a big old healthy pot of soup that I could then eat on for a few days. Those, that was my routines. Those are healthy routines. I'm not saying you have to do those same damn ones, you know what I'm saying? And, and the whole lifestyle of, of building my own house, living out in the woods, chopping wood. Again, I knew that if I created a lifestyle that had all this exercise built in, then I wasn't going to have to go to the gym. You know what I'm saying? So, and, 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 and having this, having this, having this healthy habit of being, being out in the forest, out in nature, out in the trees where it's ha- where it's healthy, where I'm happy, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you know, I'm not around a bunch of people that I'm going to have to wonder is 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 there going to be some drama today with these people? Is it, it, it you know, am I going to be sucked into some bullshit today? Nah, I was out there in the woods, you know what I'm saying? No distractions, eating healthy, getting exercise, you know what I'm saying? Being totally focused, zoning in, smoking mad herb, getting completely in my own headspace, you know what I'm saying, figuring out exactly what who I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, what kind of work I wanted to do, you know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, this may sound like a super specific experience, but this was something that I curated piece by piece. I created each opportunity, I made each choice when it came to me, you know what I'm saying? Um so, you know, and and getting a full night's sleep every night. You know what I'm saying? I would wake up at six be drawing at seven, draw till about eight or nine at night. Um, and then I would, uh, you know, I would pop on a movie and I would watch a movie before bed to, to re up that inspiration. You know, like we say, you can't, you can't create on an empty tank. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be, you gotta be, uh, you gotta have a full tank of gas to get out there a full, you gotta be fully inspirationally charged to get up the next day and do more good work. So don't, don't burn yourself out working all day, then have to get up again and, and, and you know, stay up all night and work and, and wake up early again to meet a deadline and have to crank out more shit. That's not sustainable, man. That's not a good model. So there's a lot of things you can tweak. You know what I'm saying? And and if and if you're doing all those things already and, and it's still not working, then you know, I don't know. I don't know. But you know, I think there's always, even in my life where it sounds like I'm super dialed in, there's still room for improvement. You know what I'm saying? Right now I'm fucking around with intermittent fasting, um, where I, where I eat, where I limit my eating from, uh, 12 noon to eight o'clock at night. And so I'm intermittently fasting from eight o'clock at night again till 12 noon every day. And, uh, giving my body time where it's not digesting a bunch of food, letting it clear out some of those, uh, 
you know, cells and whatnot. I'm not a scientist, but, you know, supposedly it's super good for uh, clearing out some of those cells that are mutating into cancerous cells and shit like that. You know, my parents both survived cancer. That's something that's on my radar. I just turned 37 um, this past week. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no spring chicken. Um, you know, I'm more like a summer chicken. Um, but, uh, you know, I want to be fucking being healthy is a huge part of being happy. If you find yourself being depressed, a lot of people struggle with depression. Are you eating healthy and exercising? Because those are the two things that will guarantee that you're not going to be depressed. You know what I'm saying? Those are the two things. Don't take pills. You know, I, I, you know, again, who knows if the shit, everything you hear is true, but I've heard over and over again that, you know, that they've done studies where they've, they've given one depressed group of people pills and they've been, they have one group of people get regular exercise and eat good. And the, it's a wash, you know what I'm saying? And so forget the pills, forget getting addicted and dependent on some bullshit ass pills. You know what I'm saying? I had to take pills for depression for years until I realized that I had to do things in my life that made me happy. I'm not going to I'm not going to take pills to struggle through a shitty life. To to I'm not going to take I'm not just like I'm not just like I don't think you should give a kid ADHD medicine so he can sit in a fucking classroom um you know and uh and and listen to a bunch of fucking assholes spell bullshit at him all day like I had to put up with in high school, you know what I'm saying? Um you know just like I think that's ass backwards, I think it's ass backwards for for grown people who are in charge of their own lives to take some antidepressants. You know what I'm saying? And I'm speaking from experience here, so I know everybody's different, and I know some people, you know, might take this personally. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just coming from my own experience. Okay, I was in the place where I was taking pills to deal with my depression. And guess what? It doesn't actually cure your depression. You're just masking the symptoms. You know what I'm saying? To cure your depression, you need to find your happiness in life. Think about it. If you're sad, what do you do? I'm going to eat a pill that makes my body feel like it's happy. That is fucking stupid. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? What you need to do is go out and find your passion in life. Find what makes you happy in life. If there's problems in your life, you need to solve them. You need to get out from under them. Okay? taking pills if anything is going to give you now i hear that people take pills for this to, to treat the side effects of other pills that most people who take pills also take other medication to deal with the side effects of the pills that they were taking in the first place that shit is insane okay that is a trap that is a trap okay that is not going to help you the way to be happy in life in my opinion okay is to find your happiness. Do the shit every day that makes you happy. If you can't do that right now, make a plan about how to get there. You know what I'm saying? Set the goals for what you can do today and what you can do this week to get closer to living the life that is going to make you the happiest possible. You know what I'm saying? That is the shit. That's what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? I've been in the depths of depression because I was stuck in a world that had nothing to do with me and I had to claw my way out. And once I was out, I was like, I don't need these fucking pills. This is bullshit. I stopped taking pills one day to the next. You know what I'm saying? I'm not recommending that people do that because there can be side effects of that. People can have medical problems from doing that. But I was a kid and I was impulsive and that was my intuition. Honestly, we fucking snorted more of the antidepressants than we took in most times. You know what I'm saying? We used to snort the Ritalin in high school. I used to snort. We used to have sleepovers and snort my little brother's Ritalin. You know what I'm saying? 
We used to OD on the Zoloft and hallucinate. You know what I'm saying? Most of the time, we used to abuse those fucking drugs because they didn't fucking work anyway. That was fun. The most fun I ever had out of antidepressants when I was coming up was fucking abusing them as recreational drugs. So how about that, parents? Be careful putting your kids on recre- on, on, on pharmaceuticals because there's a thin line between pharmaceutical drugs and recreational drugs. You know what I'm saying? Let your kids smoke weed. How about that? When I started smoking weed is when I stopped taking pills. You know what I'm saying? I didn't need pills anymore when I started smoking weed. You know what I'm saying? That helped me, that helped me somehow regulate as well. You know what I'm saying? My dad, when he had cancer, he had liquid morphine in the house. And I used to drink that liquid morphine. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I mean, that's where, that's where I was at. So, you know, pharmaceuticals, they have their place, you know what I'm saying? But they are so wildly overused in our culture. I would avoid pharmaceutical solutions at every cost, unless it's the last resort, you know what I'm saying? Even with shit like diabetes and stuff, yes, you might be taking insulin now, but what if you try a ketogenic diet? You know what I'm saying? What if you try what if you try to solve your problems through your diet? So many problems are created by the things that we eat, by the bad habits and the bad routines that we create for ourselves in our lives. Now, this is a wacky old rant. People are starting to be like, oh boy, here he goes. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to end it. We're going to cut it off. But I just want to say, you know what I'm saying, that, uh, you know, successful habits and routines, you need to develop those healthy habits and routines. A lot of artists really underestimate being healthy. They think that being an artist is being some kind of fucked up person, being depressed, that that's, that's, that's what an artist is. You're an overly, you're, you're this sensitive person with no place for you in the world. And so you're an outcast and you're gonna, you're gonna really buy into that moody artist bullshit. No, no, no. Fuck that. Trust me. I've been there. It's not good. You want to be the person that you want to be. You want to be a happy, healthy person. Every single human being needs exercise every day. Okay, you need to eat healthy every day. You could skip exercise now and then. You can eat, you know, sweet treats and 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 ice cream and shit now and then, but not every day, dum dums. Okay, listen, you gotta fucking get exercise every day. You gotta fucking eat healthy every day. You gotta get a good night's sleep every night. You gotta get up and you gotta be focused and you gotta be not distracted and you gotta get after your work. That is how you're gonna be successful, no matter if you're 15 years old or if you're 50 years old, okay? All the more important to be doing all these things. The older you get, the more important all these things are. You know what I'm saying? All right. So that is that is the answer to that question. That is a wacky old answer. Can you believe that answer? Whew. All right, let's see. Let's see, guys. Let's go for one more little question here. Um, let's see. Okay, here's one. Greetings. This is from Nanillo. Nanillo. Um, greetings. My twin sons are starting their second year in college. They are majoring in computer science while honing their art skills. Um, 
Let's see. They plan on living forever. One goal they set for themselves is to attend Ghost Scout training camp after graduating in a few years. Oh, yeah. Love where we're going with this one. What advice do you have for a fellow father artist on helping them create an environment for their future and immortality? Well, definitely rewind the last long-winded answer that I gave because I feel like we covered probably everything I could ever talk about in there. Um, but, yeah, I will, I will give a major shout-out to my parents here that, you know, through my teenage struggles, definitely had a lot of lot of adversity with my parents. You know, I created a lot of lot of issues with my parents, um, just being rebellious and trying to, you know, trying to, trying to just, you know, like I said, I I could not find the place for myself in the world, and my parents were 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 there, you know, trying to just do the best they could, and 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 there was a lot of trouble. But my parents have always been super, super, super supportive um, of, of, of me as an artist every step of the way. So I think the best thing you can do as a parent of an artist is just be super encouraging and, you know, just, uh, you know, encourage them to take all the, all the classes in school that are, that are geared towards art and, um, you know, look for some extracurricular art shit for them to do. I mean, obviously, uh, Nanillo's kids are already in college, so he's already, you know, along the way. I don't know if it's art school or not. Um, you know, if it's not an art school, um, you know, take all the art classes that are available, um, you know, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I don't think that, art school necessarily has to be the only way to go, but, um, you know, any, anything you can do to spend, you want to be, you want to just spend the majority of your day doing the things that you're most interested in, that you have the most fun doing. Okay. So if you're interested in art, you want to just find, you want to find a life for yourself. You want to find a way you want, if you're the parent of the, of an artist, you want to find a way to support them, you know, create a good space where they can work, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, do everything you can to encourage them to get super focused, to get super into it, um, and, uh, be super encouraging of them just really digging in and spending as much time as possible. You know what I'm saying? My dad begrudgingly, uh, let me live rent free at their house for like the first, I don't know how long I was there, whether it was, you know, eight months or a year or whatever. Um, you know, uh, but the, the first year I was out of school, I went back to my parents' house and just set up a, set up an office in their living room and they totally let me do it. You know, it was probably very disruptive to them. Uh, but every day I would just get up at 6am and get to this desk and, you know, and, and, and get online and be, you know, building up my website and just creating content and just drawing at the desk and doing new drawings. So everything that you can do to give your kid the advantage, um, you know, let them set up a, you know, you know, let them lev- let them, you know, if, if they have a solid plan and they're super dedicated and super serious, you know, let them let them save their money up so they can get out on their own after that first year, like my parents did. Um, you know, my dad used to say, "You got to pay rent," and I would say, "Dad, if I pay rent." to you. I'm never going to freaking get out of here. Um, and you know, lo and behold, I did work super hard every day. And I think that's what kept him, kept him at bay. I, I definitely appreciate him staying on me and, and asking for that rent because, you know, he had every right to. And I love the fact that my dad, that old school New England thing of you got to earn your keep. I mean, that's definitely shout out to my parents for, 
for you know instilling those values in me that you got to earn it you know i had a i've had a job since i was 14 years old you know my parents my parents would not just go out and buy us things um you know i wanted a pager when i was in middle school and my parents said good get a job you know what i'm saying and i got a paper route job and uh and and made 25 dollars a week delivering to 44 customers i'd ride around on my bike and um and uh, that 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 was the beginning of the work ethic. So I guess that's another thing you can do is, you know, give your kids every advantage, but don't don't give them, you know, make them, you know, make them create it for themselves too. do not spoil your kids. I think the worst thing that you can do is give someone everything they need because then they're never going to work for it. You know what I'm saying? So so, you know, create a space for them to do work and shit, but don't, don't buy them, you know, all the, all the equipment say like, you got to get a job and earn that and, and save up for that equipment. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll, I'll let you live rent free, but I'm not going to buy you a computer. You know what I'm saying? You got to buy your computer. Um, you know, my parents made me pay for that pager. They made me pay my pager bills and I, and I loved it. You know what I'm saying? And I earned it and I, and I, and I, uh, you know, I appreciated it, you know, and I've, I've had a job ever since, you know what I'm saying? I had a job since I was 14 years old, you know, all through high school, um, when I was going to college, I would come home on winter break and summer break and I would work jobs and save up money so that I could stay in college. You know what I'm saying? They said, you have to do this. If you're going to go to college, you have to work on your breaks, on your summer breaks and your winter breaks to earn money to do it. I did that. I had to work a work study job while I was in school to make that work. Okay. I was working the whole time. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, just coming out of school, um, you know, my dad, again, just saying, hey, if you're staying here, you're paying rent. And I'm just saying, dad, I'm not going to pay you rent, but I'm going to fucking get out of here. I'm going to save my money and I'm going to get out of here. And, uh, you know, we, we, we agreed to disagree there. We both dug in and, but I did it and I got out of there, you know what I'm saying? And I, uh, you know, the rest is history. I've, I've supported myself off of my artwork from, from, I started making money off my artwork from when I was in college. Um, and I, and I've never looked back because I've, I've pursued it relentlessly. Um, whether it's knocking on the business doors, you know, in, you know, in, in the, in the town that my parents live in and all the towns around it, knocking on doors saying, Hey, let me do a label for you. Let me do a poster for you. Let me do a t-shirt for you. Um, you know, anything, um, just, you know, lighting a fire under your kid's ass is another great way you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it might seem like a good idea to buy him a Cintiq and buy him this and that, but you know, I would say that, you know, being, being, being emotionally encouraging to your kids, but holding them responsible to do the things they need to do to get what they want. I think that's the play. You know what I'm saying? My parents never bought me a car. My parents never paid my bills. You know what I'm saying? I'm the one that had to do that for myself. And I think without that, I never would have been able to maintain this freelance career. I think it never would have worked. You know what I'm saying? So, boom, there you go, guys. I had to jump in and cut myself off there. We've got more content to this episode, but I'm going to include it as um, episode three extras. Um, it's just me talking about what's coming up next news wise. You know what I'm saying? Um, basically I am headed to Denmark on Friday to teach for two weeks at the animation workshop, which I'm super fucking pumped about. Um, and then when I return, um, we are going to be popping off round two of my very own, 
uh, 12-week online group workshop. You know what I'm saying? We have four spots left. So um, if you want to hear me talk more about those two subjects, uh, you can jump right over to the episode three extras at your leisure. Um, Otherwise, I will be uh, broadcasting next weekend from Denmark. So episode four will be Go Shrimp in Denmark. Um, probably with some of my Go Scout friends. So that's going to be a really fun one. Stay tuned and stay productive this week. Set some goals for this week and tell me about them. And then feel really good when the podcast plays next week and you have accomplished these goals you've set out to do. All right, guys, get busy. Shrimp. You can't see him.